Hi everybody, welcome to Vet Tech Support. My name is Rayanne Bauer and I am going to be your host. And I will hopefully have many other co-hosts during the time of the podcast. I welcome, will be welcoming all my friends and past co-workers, so hope they're prepared for that. This podcast is to hopefully help the veterinary community, which I think is incredibly important right now because our profession is, for a lack of, no, I think this is a perfect term. Our uh, veterinary profession, I feel, is dying. And it's not dying in the sense that businesses are shutting down, but it is dying in a sense that we are losing ourselves. We are losing our coworkers. And not. I'm not talking on the scale of suicide, but that's you know absolutely true as well. I'm talking in our everyday lives. And I've been in this veterinary profession for 24 years. So I've seen it have it ups and downs and turnarounds and all that sorts. But right now, I believe for the past five years, we have been in a downhill spiral, I guess. And it's, it's really disheartening, especially <clears throat> for you know those of us who just love this profession more than anything and want to see everybody succeed including you know this is not just for us it's for our patients it's for our clients it's for our coworkers so my goal for this podcast is to help the veterinary community by sharing vet tech tips that will make hopefully everybody's lives easier I want to develop better working relationships. You know, it's nothing's worse when you show up to work and you're already fighting with your, your coworkers or you feel the tension. I want to learn new medicine, but also want to bring up old medicine and why old medicine is important and why some of it shouldn't go away completely. Part of this is talking about business management. Um, I feel a lot of our failures as a profession comes from management and how uh, we can help our management team do better. And I hope this podcast not only reach, you know, veterinary technicians, but veterinarians, um, hospital managers, supervisors, leaders, you know, tech assistants, everybody. I really hope that everything that we talk about here will benefit the group as a whole. And I've worked in several different Um, areas of a veterinary community so hopefully my perspectives and experience will shed a light on you guys and help influence um, better decisions or help your you know the days that you're struggling or things like that so a little bit of my background is I started working in a large veterinary practice when I was 16 years old I started off as a vet assistant, so, you know, in the kennel, cleaning the kennels, doing packs, restraining, things like that. Uh, Over the course of, you know, a couple years, I moved up to be like a pharmacy assistant where, you know, cleaning the rooms, taking the weights and temps of the patients and um, working my way up to making prescriptions. And then I became, um, uh, you know, a vet assistant and then a technician. And then over the years, I, you know, I worked really hard and um, became a lead. And that's where I started to kind of develop my passion for training and uh, teaching my skills. Uh, and also 
recognizing you know people's strengths and weaknesses and and how we can develop those so I became very passionate about training um, that time and then my my work asked me to become a supervisor which I did that for about five or six years but got you know kind of burnt out and we'll talk about that today and then became a, a trainer so it actually worked I think for the good in me getting burnt out as a supervisor because then I could really focus on what I was most passionate about and what I felt uh, the clinic had the biggest need at the time. So the clinic that I've worked at for most of my career is a very large multi-doctor practice. Um, we have specialty, GP, emergency, and uh, surgery, so you name it, and, and we pretty much had it. And uh, it was, you know, it's my home. And if I were to win the lottery today, I wouldn't go buy a mansion in, in Hawaii, which, you know, I should probably do, but if I won the lottery today, I would want to buy that practice because I saw <clears throat> what it was like prior to becoming corporate. So it was a family owned business. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, positives and negatives to having working in a privately owned business. Hopefully the owner is somebody that has um, a good business owner and it's, it's hard when you have a veterinarian trying to run a business because they may not have the business side of it, but they're a really good veterinarian or, you know, vice versa. So um, there's pros and cons. But uh, when we became corporate, what happened was we lost a lot of really, really good employees, a lot of really skilled technicians. And that's what I want to talk about today is something I feel is really kind of putting a lot of weight on the veterinary community and why we're losing so many people to go to the human world, even though most of those people are like, I don't want to work people with people. They're gross, right? That's, you know, why most of us don't. And then most of us don't because honestly, for the love of animals, you know, I've um, had a lot of interviews over the years or conducted a lot of interviews over the years. And the number one thing that most of us say is, why did we get in this profession? Was for the animals. And, or, you know, people are gross or people are mean or we just simply don't like people, which is fine. But in, you know, following podcasts, I'm, I'm helping, hoping to help kind of change that perspective as well. And that will in turn make everybody's lives, I think, a lot easier and fulfilling as a whole. So today I want to focus on something that I actually learned from my American history teacher, and it's called scope creep. And uh, first time I've ever heard of it, I'm 40 years old. And what it is, is, you know, it mostly pertains to big businesses and projects and things like that, but it can pertain to any sort of business. And what it means is um, when a project or responsibility has become much bigger than what it was originally supposed to be. So when you get your job, say as a veterinary technician, right, our job list is enormous. We are responsible for so many things. We are responsible for anesthesia, you know, just the general care, talking to clients, I, you know, I could go on forever and ever. Our job responsibilities are already um, never ending. 
And so you have your job as a technician and say you're really good at your job and you work really hard. And then so what does the manager or your supervisor do, right? They recognize this and they're all like, oh, that person is so efficient. They're so good at what they do. Um, I think I'm going to give them more responsibilities. And this is, you know, can be exciting. This could be like, oh, you know, they, they recognize what a good job that I do and they are going to reward it by bigger or more responsibilities. And so you're, you know, excited to take on those responsibilities and potentially thinking that um, you are going to learn more, you're going to be able to teach more, or you're going to make more money, hopefully. Hopefully that's the case, not always, when you get more responsibilities. And actually, in the veterinary setting, it's very unlikely that you're going to make more, right? We all know that. And, um, but with that, there is a downside, And it's not only a downside for you as an individual, but it is an incredibly huge downside for the business itself. And I think a lot of businesses do not recognize this. And it's incredibly sad because this is what I feel is putting a huge weight on us as a profession. We are taking on way too much, way more than any of us can handle individually and as a team. And so, you know, we get these added responsibilities and, you know, you know, when that happens, when you start putting a lot of things on your plate and you're not taking anything off, that plate gets really heavy and that plate starts getting uneven and some of our responsibilities have to go to the wayside, right? So does that mean that we're spending less time with each individual patient? Are we working really fast to get through that patient? Um, are we trying to speed through our interactions with our clients because we have a whole other list of things that need to be done? Are we not communicating well with our veterinarians or our team because we just have to jump to the next thing? So we speed through, you know, whatever we need to communicate. And every single one of those things, right, um, has consequences. So... We have to really think hard as so management. You have to think hard if you're a team leader, what you're asking your employees to do. And you have to think really hard as that individual, whether you're the veterinarian or the technician or tech assistant, can you really take on more responsibilities? Are those responsibilities that they're trying to give you, are, going, are they gonna improve your everyday work life or are they going to hinder it? Is it going to become unbearable? So you have to really do some self-reflecting. You have to understand what you're capable of as a person. And if you're already chasing your tail all day long, running circles around, and you feel exhausted by the end of the day, and you don't feel like you got everything accomplished like you should have, then maybe you shouldn't take on that extra task. Or if you do, then maybe you need to have a good communication with that whoever uh, supervisor is asking you to do it and say, okay, yeah, I really like that um, you respect me and you see the skills that I have and that you're asking me to take on this responsibility. But I want to look at all the things that I'm responsible for in the day and see if it's something that can really be done. And uh, after you guys both take a look at that, then you know, say, hey, no, this isn't. Something has to go. 
So, and it doesn't have to be the new task that they gave you, but maybe a task that you do every day, maybe another person can take on to kind of divvy up the responsibilities. And maybe that task that you have to let go, maybe for another person, that feels like to them, like they are being rewarded. Like, um, you know, oh, like I am moving up a little bit. I am being asked to do this responsibility because I'm such a hard worker. And, you know, some of this may sound super corny, but it's true. Um, you know, especially for those of us who in the beginning try to think back when you first started in veterinary medicine, that you were excited, right? You're really passionate. You, you wanted to learn, you want to do new things. And we kind of lose that over the years. And I think a lot of that is because of scope creep, because we just, you know, people just kept on adding and adding and adding to our plate. And it just, it gets overwhelming. It gets to be too much. But in the beginning, it's exciting. You want to be the best technician you can be. You want to know everything. You want to do everything. And that's where I was. And that's where I see a lot of people start out. And then over the years, it's just so sad how all of us, pretty much all of us, unless you have really good boundaries and you communicate really well, most all of us get to the point where we're just so burnt out that we can't keep up anymore. And it's almost unbearable to uh, go to work, right? We have so many other struggles and um, our everyday responsibilities is, you know, a huge one. So what can we do um, to manage that, right? We talked about kind of doing some self-reflection doing reflection with you and your supervisor to kind of see what what is really possible, um, what is fair, and making sure you communicate that with them. And, um, you know, communicate that with yourself, being honest. So hopefully, like, if we all did this, gosh, man management's going to absolutely hate me. Supervisor's going to hate me. But what I want you to do as an individual right now kind of like list out all the things that are on your plate and I will give you an example so when I was a supervisor and I kind of told you that we had transitioned from being a privately owned practice to a corporation and it was it was devastating right and which a lot of you probably know and have witnessed and experienced and not all corporations are bad and you know there's a lot of good things that can come out of being out of you know, working with a corporation. But in the beginning, when you're privately owned and you've been in that business for a long time and it's a family, whether you hate your coworkers or not, right? They're your family. You spend every day with them more than your family sometimes. So, but when you turn into a corporation, just that initial, it's just that fear of the unknowing, right? You don't know what's going to happen. And unfortunately, because a lot of people feared what was going to happen and you know the stigma of corporations many people jump ship so we had veterinarians that left we had technicians csr like people were gone the next day it was super devastating so not only was you know we were transitioning to become a corporate but half of our staff left abruptly and the rest of us that were there, you know, had to pick up that weight. And I was a supervisor at that time. So it's devastating to lose one employee, right? 
whether they're the best employee in the world or not, they are an employee that, you know, you've invested time in. And again, they're, you know, part of your family. And trying to find a new employee can be very daunting as a supervisor, uh, especially in this day and age. So I'm trying to find new employees and then also trying to take on the responsibilities of the technicians because I am an RVT and uh, so I'm trying to cover the floor where it has the weaknesses and we did lose a lot of RVTs so I'm trying to cover the emergencies, I'm trying to cover anesthesia and I'm trying to hire new employees, I'm trying to run the blood bank and I just kept on, you know, taking on all these responsibilities that all of our skilled and experienced technicians had kind of divvied up and trying to take it on, um, mostly myself. And, you know, the goal was to train some of our other employees who are perfectly capable, but right when, if you are already struggling to keep up with your day-to-day responsibilities and everybody else too, right? We lost half of our employees, so everybody else is picking up more responsibilities. There is no time. There is no time to properly train somebody else how to do a big task as far as the blood bank, or you just can't train somebody to do anesthesia, you know, in one day. So it just, it's this this endless cycle of just playing catch up and um, not able to Uh, make any progress and so what I did was I communicated as much as I could I told them every single week my management hey I am struggling I cannot keep up my you know the rest of the employees they're struggling I need help hiring other staff so that you know we can start divvying up these responsibilities more because everybody's suffering right it wasn't just me everybody was suffering and you know, I kept on getting, yeah, 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 we'll help you. And um, I didn't see a lot come from it. And they were probably struggling, you know, in their own sense was trying to, you know, manage a hospital that was in a sense just, I don't know, drowning. And so they're putting out fires, right? They're putting out all sorts of fires. Employees are coming to them upset. Clients are coming to them upset. Uh, Patients aren't getting the care that they need to get. So they're putting out fires, right? They're struggling on their own. But at this point, we're a corporation. So there's, right, there's supposed to be people out there somewhere in the world that are overseeing all these hospitals. So where are they? How come they're not helping? So I did the best thing that I could do in communicating what the hospital needed and, and trying to think of ideas because you can't just bring up problems. You need to bring up solutions and ideas. And so that's what I did. I tried to come up with solutions. You know, I stayed late, right? We didn't take breaks. What's a break? If you get a break in your veterinary hospital, that is amazing and you have a great boss. Um, Or they're doing something right, right? Uh, Because most of us, what the the heck is a break in the veterinary world? It really doesn't always exist. Um, Lunches, lunches are a good, great bonus and very important for your health and for you to eat right and take a minute but again when you work for an emergency practice or a practice that is struggling to keep employees um, that's something that you do on the go Uh, so I skipped all these right trying to um, make sure that I got all my tasks done in a day that I needed to Um, stayed late which right 
I'm, I'm staying late because there's nobody to sit with that dying dog. Um, you know, and a lot of people want to go home, which I don't blame them. And then what happens? So what happens when you're skipping lunch, you're staying late, um, to try to do better, to try to help the business, try to help the client, help the patient. What does management do? Right. They get mad. They get mad because now you're costing them more money and, um, they threaten you that, Hey, if we keep on having to pay you all this overtime, we're not going to be able to hire all these people that you guys need and want because we are, we're having to pay, you know, you guys so much overtime. What in the world? You know what? I am doing this for you as a business. I'm doing this for this patient. I can't leave it. What do you want me to do? Walk away from this patient that's dying and say, sorry, I'm off the clock. Yeah, that's unrealistic, right? That is not right. That's not ethical. I'm not going to do it. So the management, they need to come up with a solution to hire more people so I don't have to work that overtime. You think I want to, you think I want to skip lunch? You think I want to stay forever? No, I don't. And half the people don't want to either. Um, but we feel obligated. We feel like we have to. And um, especially those that are like super passionate about, you know, keeping the place afloat. And it's not keeping the place afloat for the corporation's sake, right? Sorry, corporation. It's not. It's to keep the place afloat because um, we love our team members. We love our patients. We love our doctors. Um, you know, some of us love the clients. <laughs> A few, but some of us do. Um, or, you know, it's just part of that veterinary tech or veterinary doctor sense of pride like you know we it, it just each one of us have it ingrained in us that or we're born with it we're born that this is us this is what we have to do this is what we're going to do we we will work ourselves to the grave if we have to do it right and um you know in future podcasts i hope to kind of change that mentality and as in a way to where we're not getting burnt out because of that that part of us that we were born with. I want to just kind of change it a little bit to where we can actually have this um, this thing I had to look up and it's called work-life balance. You know, I don't know if any of you have heard it in the veterinary community, but it exists. <clears throat> it, it absolutely does exist and, and some people actually live by it. And it's something that I feel if we all work to getting ourselves and the veterinary community will will have um, a change, uh, a change in what we're supposed to be and um, in everyday part of every aspect of who we are, what we do needs to be changed, right? And I want it to start by recognizing where we are failing and one area that we're failing is um, this scope creep. So if you're a manager, if you're a leader, supervisor, technician, veterinarian, I want you to start with this. Knowing what scope creep is and seeing if it applies to you. And I 100% guarantee that it does in some for form that you have been asked or you have willingly taken on too many responsibilities and you need to look at that and you need to see not only bring that problem up to your supervisor 
but or yourself if you're the one that is you know managing uh, these responsibilities but you need to evaluate that and see where it where that can be fixed and um, again don't just bring problems up to your supervisors or whatever you need to bring up some sort of solution to whether it's a good solution or bad solution you need to try to think of solutions and uh, if you absolutely cannot you know there's just there's some people that just it's hard for them to um, think of different solutions especially when you're drowning right when you're in the process of drowning it is really hard to think of how to save yourself from drowning and so I absolutely get it um, it's not an easy thing to do but if you can step out kind of reflect and see if you can come up with solutions or ask your friends hey you know take I know it's hard with COVID right now but you know ask a couple doctors you guys get out of that environment get out of the place that you're drowning go to lunch go to coffee and as a team self-reflect on where the scope creep is happening and how you guys can fix it can we divvy up the responsibilities do some of these responsibilities even need to exist so i think that's another problem that veterinary communities do is we're trying to fix problems but our solutions is adding on more responsibilities when they don't need to be okay when we add on responsibilities some responsibilities have to go that is not a solution adding responsibilities is not a solution you need to kind of figure out where you can kind of take off some of these these things that that don't need to happen uh, so uh, get out get out of that environment though because when you're in it drowning it is really hard to think so anyways that is my first tips and hopefully helping you guys um, kind of recognize where we need to kind of change our mindset a little bit but this podcast is going to be all sorts so uh, we're going to be talking about medicine we're going to be talking about uh, tech tips veterinary tips and not just like the uh, technical skill part of it but a lot of that will come into play you know like uh, how to clean endotracheal tubes or um, how to position better for x-rays all those you know kind of fine-tune um, hands-on skills but a lot of it's going to be skills to help you communicate better which you're all going to hate me about because nobody wants to hear about that right um, either you already feel you're good at it or you don't need to change it whatever but um, I bet in some fashion you do because I've been there um, I Ooh, and we're going to be talking about the mean girls of the veterinary clinics and how if you are one how you can change and if you um, come near one how you can help change that situation because I was a mean girl and I've also experienced mean girls and it's not fun it's not necessary again we're all trying to survive we have too much on our plate so mean girls or mean doctors or mean techs or mean CSRs, it does not need to exist. I tell you what, we need to get rid of it and we need to get rid of it now because um, we are all drowning. So why would you want to push somebody down more in the water when they're already drowning? I don't get it and I want it to go away. So I need all you to help me with that and 
But that is what this podcast is going to be about. And hopefully you guys all come back for future podcasts. I hope to have uh, co-hosts and guest speakers and things like that. But for right now, hopefully today you enjoyed the podcast. Again, this is Rayanne. And this is going to be vet tech support. And I hope to see you all back next time.